fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Now, I watched the debate last night. Stu watched the debate last night, so you wouldn't have to. So we could just bring we could just bring the analysis today and show some of the clips. So uh, you you don't have to go through all the pain of watching it, but you just get the good eating. Uh, we've cut all the fat off of it, and we're ready to show you what an amazing piece of meat this is. Um, you may not want to eat it. It's it's a uh, it's, it says on the on the package, best sold by 1919. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. They have taken the masks off, and I'm wondering how many. I'm wondering how many average Democrats are watching these debates, going, wait, wait a minute, what are they actually for? I don't think a lot. I don't think a lot. Uh, but apparently. In another way, the average Democrat doesn't think a lot either. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, I want to talk to you about X chair. Great, great chair. Sitting in one now, uh, and it is as comfortable as an easy chair. I would go to, we have these great movie theaters in Texas. Um, and I and I mean, I've gone to movies in other states because we're, we are, we're a movie family. We love we love movies and uh, gone to movies in new theaters in other states. I don't think you have it down. I think you have to come to Texas to see how it's done. Uh, but they are so comfortable. I would sit in this chair in one of those movie theaters and eat my dinner and watch the movie and recline oh, yeah. and relax. Totally. It is could fit in one of these I'm beautiful theaters. I mean, Seriously. You, yeah. I mean, it's true. There, there's, there are a couple of theaters here. They have the dine-in theaters all over, over Texas, which is basically my favorite place in the world to go. And there are some that actually have, like, nice office chairs, quote-unquote. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing like nothing. the X chair. Nothing. Yeah, but, I've, I would sit in one of those big, huge lounge chairs oh, yeah. that they have. They have the big leather recliners in yeah, a lot of these places. Yeah, this is just, just, as, just comfortable as comfortable when you yeah. lean back in it. Yeah. It's an X chair. Xchairbeck.com. I want you to call 844-4X-CHAIR. 844-4X-CHAIR. Uh, chair just got word from the manufacturers that the steel, uh, they just can't take it a- a- anymore, so they're going to have to raise the price. Buy your X chair now before that increase goes into effect. This is a chance to get an amazing chair that really is going to transform your work life and save you money. They're offering $100 off it right now, and this is before the price increase. That price goes up on July 8th. Comes with a 30-day, no-question-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. It's xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code XWheels. You're going to receive a free set of the new X wheels with your chair. Again, $100 off at the low price, uh, xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. Everything's going to be okay as soon as we get Marianne Williamson to harness some love. Here she is last night from the debate stage. Listen to this. I'm going to harness love for (laughs) political purposes. I will meet you on that field. And, sir, love will win. (laughs) Creepy. 
You're going to harness love for political purposes. And I'll meet you on that field, sir. Oh, my gosh. And love will win. You, her against Donald Trump. This, and I thought Hillary Clinton was the worst candidate ever. I think choosing Marianne Williamson (laughs) to harness love and meet Donald Trump on the field of love. (laughs) (laughs) So good. At least she's interesting, though. Or Hillary was, she, because I think, I think Marianne Williamson's a better candidate than Hillary. Uh, Because at least, I mean, Marianne Williamson led uh, the entire field in uh, Google search results last I night. I bet she did. <laughs> I was like, who the hell is this lady? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of that. But at least you're interested. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. She is interesting. She is great. She's great comic relief. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when you have a field of all Marx Brothers, you need Zeppo, who really isn't. Okay. <laughs> Here you have all of these uh, socialists. And then. You've got this one sticking out, going. I'm going to harness love. It uh, it makes for an interesting show. Have you ever heard someone so consistently in a debate come out against plans? <laughs> she just kept saying, "You don't win elections based on plans. You guys just go into Washington, and all you do is you have your plans." Well, what are you, are you going to improv the thing? What are you doing? <laughs> I would like to, I'd like to know what your plan <laughs> yes, is. Kai. Now, maybe she's going off of the playbook of hope and change mm-hmm. where we kept asking, but how? Yeah. What's your plan? Right. And we never got that. So maybe she's thinking, hey, it worked for Barack Obama. Yeah. And as we now know, the plan, of course, <laughs> yes. what for Obama was Obamacare, which yeah. we all now know is the apparently the worst thing that has ever happened to the country. But you know what would be better? They never say it like wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. You know what would be better? What? Is if we had everybody into like a VA kind of situation. Oh, yes. Because that's know? exactly what they're asking the, for. I'm telling you, the soldiers love the VA. Oh, they sure do. Yeah. There's so there's so many people standing in line for medical care. Uh, the, the, soldiers are, the, the soldiers that are in the hospitals killing themselves Mm -hmm. just to open up a bed so somebody else can get into it because they're like this is too good but let's not only implement that but let's trust the people who just brought us just brought us the system they said would cure these things that is failing so badly that all of them are running against it including the guy who was on the ticket with obama i know uh you know what one of my favorite parts of of this whole thing is is that they're talking about uh, in fact, I think it was Kamala Harris who we have to get to uh, that said, "Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute." You know, you guys are you guys are saying that it's Medicare for all. Uh, look, I think we got to slow down. I think we have to do this. Basically, what she was saying, we have to do this in steps, in phases. Oh yeah, we'll get there. So they're all saying it. All of them now are saying what we told you they were actually saying back when. They were debating this in 09. Mm-hmm. This is what they're doing. They're now actually all admitting, yep, yep, we're going for national health care like they have in Canada, like they have in Great Britain. Yeah. And uh, Gillibrand said last night, as you know, she is one of the, I guess, supposedly moderates on this issue and that she's not going to eliminate private insurance. But she said in her speech that this is a step. We have to take steps to get to, there, to, to single payer to get rid of private insurance. We have to take steps, and this is a step to that. 
this is what we were accusing you of for a decade, and we all got fact-checked into uh, into fake news oblivion on social networks because of it. Mm-hmm. And now you're all sitting up there admitting it. Think of poor, poor Joe Wilson, this oh, congressman who is back. If you remember this, he's at the State of the Union. Barack Thought Obama's doing this. Night. Yeah, and he says, you lie. That was about illegal immigrants receiving health care. Uh, through Obamacare. And they acted also yeah. indignant. Oh my gosh, like we would ever do that. How un-American we would never do that. I don't know. All of them. They're all saying mm-hmm. you have at full access to American health care if you come across the border. Yeah, all of them. Illegally. Illegally. You, just, you, you come across the border, you stumble onto our land, I need a heart transplant. Boom! Yeah. You have a full right to that medical care for free here in America. Now, let me ask you this, too. Mm-hmm. If I say, if you come across the border, you get free everything, uh, and uh, we can't stop you, and I'm going to decriminalize mm-hmm. crossing the border. So it's not a crime Which to they all cross agreed the border. As well. Right. Not a crime to cross the border. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh and you can stay here if you're already here. No deportation. New or old, no deportations. Mm-hmm. Can't turn them around at the border. What does it sound like to you? I mean, it sounds like open borders. Sounds like open borders. How would you define open borders? Well, you would. it wouldn't be a criminal act to cross the border. Mm-hmm. And then if you were caught in the country, you would not be deported because... You'd be basically a citizen. I mean, not not quite a citizen, but you well, would be legally allowed to stay here. You get to all of the benefits. Well, you wouldn't be able to vote and things like that. <gasps> oh, not yet. no. Not yet. But if you say that now, they'd say, oh, fact check, false. Uh, you've been demonetized. And then yeah. two years later, they'll all be on stage going, yeah, they should all vote right now. Um, of course, that's on the way as well. Right. So they're all now saying they finished the debate and they were asked, so you're for open borders. Oh, my God. No. no. Oh, how dare Wait, you? What does an open? How do you define an open border? I'm not for an open. How what part of the definition of of uh, open border am I missing? Right. If you run a convenience store and someone accuses you of having of giving all of your stuff away for free and you say, no, I just let everyone come in. And if they take something, I don't I don't punish them. And if I f- see them do it, I won't I won't make them leave the store. They can and continue if they to take the them. stuff. And if they hurt themselves, I will make sure that they get to the hospital <laughs> right. and my store will pay uh, for their medical care, they say, I'm closed. They break a window. They cut themselves badly. It's really, it's their right for me to pay for that medical care. Wh- what are you talking about? Yeah. What what else is there? I mean, because I can understand why the Democratic Party does not want to come out and just say, we are for open borders, right? Like, that is not something that's going to connect in a general election. They're going to lose badly if they just admit that. But other than just the political sort of, like, branding like, you know, it's like someone who releases a very unhealthy cheeseburger saying it's light, right? Like, yeah. well, we all know it's not light, but it, maybe it makes me feel a little bit about, better about it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, really, what is the difference? People are coming up to the border. You're saying if they come for asylum, we have to take them in. 
right? So all anyone can cross the border that says the word asylum. Mm-hmm. It's not a crime for them to cross, swim across the river and get in here. If even they, if they're not claiming asylum. Even if they're not claiming asylum. If they are caught when they are here, no matter if it's been five minutes or you know five decades, they get to stay. They will never be deported. Well, now, wait a minute. Why would they get caught or who would catch who them? Catch because them, right? they're all for the dismantling of, of ICE. ICE. So, like, what on earth is the policy? The policy is just open borders. They've described every single element of it. I guess the only th- the only thing maybe you could say that's different than open borders is probably the border guards show up to let people through the gates like i guess they show up at the gate and they and they let they let the little the little bar goes up for each car and then i <laughs> what else like it's just i i because I, I, if they come up and ask for a border guard for, for asylum we are told that they have to be let in and taken care of and when they're here it's not criminal and they can't be deported unless they commit another separate crime. We don't even have open borders for Americans in America. For instance, I'm from Texas. I carry a gun. Mm. I go to New Jersey. I have to obey the laws of New Jersey. Well, that's not the laws in, in Texas. We don't even have open borders. They will prosecute me for breaking the law in New Jersey where it isn't a law in another state. Mm-hmm. I have to live by that state's law, and I'm an American citizen. With a constitutionally guaranteed right. Right. And you can you can be thrown in prison for these things. I, it really, I don't know. They really are falling over each other to get further left. And that is like... And, and I, if the Democrats don't wake up to this, if the Democrats... And this is why the approach that we took during Obama was was not right because it's the same approach that the left has taken now on trump they everything he says is bad everything he says everything he does is bad he is a criminal he's going to destroy us blah 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 well i happen to believe these guys will destroy us because it's marxism but we have to find a way to talk to not the people in washington talk to the neighbors that we have and 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 gently talk to them and say, look, I understand Democratic Party. You voted for Democrats forever. This is not even the Democratic Party of Barack Obama. This is not. And don't buy into this border stuff. Those cages were built by Barack Obama. And in fact, let me play you the audio of Barack Obama and what he said about the border. We'll do that when we come back. Okay, so we've talked about, you know, boycotts gone back and forth. How do you boycott? I'm going to boycott the movie industry. No, you're not. Very few people will. There are some people in the audience that's like, I haven't seen a movie in a long time. Well, good for you. That's not what the average person can do. I admire you. Uh, But the average person, you know, wants that escape. The reason why we can't boycott is because we don't have a system to replace it. You know, up until recently, a lot of the movies that we would like to show our kids sucked. You know, we would excel in things like Veggie Tales, but you know what? What else do you have for adults? 
We have to replace systems before we can walk away from the old ones. Well, that's where Patriot Mobile comes in. Patriot Mobile was started by a bunch of uh, vets who noticed in California there was this phone company that started in the 80s, and they've become this huge cell phone company in California, and their whole purpose was to raise money for the left, and they are financing to the tune of millions and millions of dollars a lot of this uh, nonsense from the Uber left. Same thing is happening with AT&T. The same thing is happening with AT&T has, is it a board member of La Raza? One of their, one of their board members is uh, one of the, the head people of La Raza. Uh, they are, they're funding Planned Parenthood. I mean, it's nuts. Every time you pay your phone bill, you're putting a portion of your hard-earned money into Planned Parenthood. Now, the government said that they couldn't do that, you know, for the government. But the government's doing it. So your tax dollars are going there. Now your phone company dollars are going there. Stop it. There's a better way. It's it's Patriot Mobile. I want you to go to PatriotMobile.com. Now, listen, they're on the same towers as everybody else. You're going to get the same great coverage, but you're also going to save money. You're going to say, some people are saving uh, uh, like a thousand dollars. Here's the thing. Unlimited plans start as low as $25 a month. You'll save money and you'll help save our country. So there's an introductory offer right now. Patriot Mobile is offering one free month of service on all new lines. It's easy to switch. You'll be helping the country get away from the people who are working against you. Same great coverage, lower price, easy to switch, patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Make sure you use the promo code Beck. You'll get a free month of service. It's patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Promo code Beck. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. This is the Glenn Beck program. Here's Barack Obama on uh, crossing the border illegally. There's a humanitarian crisis on the border. Some of your critics have said you have to speak out more directly to the people of Central America and say, don't come. If you come, you will be deported. Well, we actually, we've done that. The problem is, is that under current law, once those kids come across the border, there's a system in which we're supposed to process them, take care of them until we can send them back. So is, is your so message don't come? Oh, our message absolutely is don't send your children unaccompanied uh, on trains or through, uh, through a bunch of smugglers. That is our direct message to the families in Central America. Do not send your children to the borders. If they do make it, they'll get sent back. More importantly, they may, may not make it. So now listen to what he was saying here. He was very careful. So are you saying that don't come? And he was very clear. Absolutely. Our message is don't send your children unaccompanied. Okay. Don't send because if they do make it, they're going to be sent back deported. Now, we told you there was a crisis. Stu, can you find for for next week the audio of me with Obama in office pleading they're, they're putting people in cages. They're putting these sure. kids. They're separating the kids. I spoke about this ad nauseum under Barack Obama. I cannot take the left talking about how he has built these cages and these prisons for these children. No, Barack Obama did it. 
Oh, he, and you know who's and you know whose policy started it? Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Flores. Um, the, uh, the one of the most audacious moments last night was Joe Biden in the middle of this debate talking about. Uh, no, it was actually the end of the debate. He's talking in his final statement about how evil the Trump administration is and such. And he says, uh, you've seen uh, these videos where their lawyers are out there talking about, um, uh, you know, not giving soap and toothpaste to illegal immigrants. The video he's talking about is featuring a case that began in the Obama administration, the one he was vice president for, and also the woman who's on camera is a woman that was an Obama-era hire. She was in. She worked for the Obama administration. She's defending an Obama administration lawsuit uh, against the Obama administration back in 2014 or 15, and and this guy has the audacity. To come out and cite that as an example of because how bad the knows, Trump administration because is. Because he knows the media will not mm-hmm. correct and it. And I have not seen it anywhere. It's not corrected. Well, you know what? I'm going to see it. Put it. that on the list for next week, too. You Put that it. on the list. Mm-hmm. Right, we're gonna, it's uh, Independence Week next week. And uh, mm. so let's be independent from some of these lies that all of them are telling. I, I just, I can't take it if you can't admit the truth you are going to lose the ability to find the truth to recognize the truth we have half of our nation now living in some delusional world and and they are there's no excuse there's absolutely no excuse this isn't 1930 you have access to the facts this is the Glenbeck program relief factor relief factor will make you feel good relief factor is uh is something that i started taking about 18 months ago my wife was the one who talked me into it i you know i i make fun of my wife but she really does sound like this why aren't you taking the medicine uh but uh she is the greatest thing in my life even with that voice uh and she really was the reason why i feel the way i do because she said why aren't you just trying this you're always complaining that they worked why don't you try it because nothing this won't work honey yes it will how do you know unless you try it oh my gosh so just to get her to pipe down I tried it, and I tried it for three weeks, because that's what it says. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, stop taking it. So I'm thinking I'm going to stop taking it in three weeks, and I'll be able to look at my wife and say, see, I told you it wouldn't work. I don't want to tell you the end of the story, but I'm still taking it today. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you can try it. for. Why didn't you try it? For three weeks. Just try it for three weeks. 1995, get their quick start now, relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Tomorrow is the first day of the Mercury One Museum. Get your tickets. It's tomorrow to July 7th. If you're coming to Texas, get them at mercuryone.org. Welcome to the program. Uh, Next week is Independence Day. It's July 4th. Come spend July 4th with me at our Mercury Museum. I'm going to be here all day. You can take the tours with me. Uh, That's expensive but we're trying to raise money to save christians all around the world um but the museum itself that experience and i will be there i want to shake everybody's hand who comes through uh and so i will be here on fourth of july make sure you if you're looking for something memorable for your kids on fourth of july come to the museum 
It is uh, 12 score and three years ago. And really what that is about is, you know, four score and seven years ago. That was, hey, let's let's go back. Let's go back, you know, 70, 80 years. And look, what did our founders try to do? They they brought forth uh, a, a nation and said, hey, let's base these on certain principles. And now here we are in this great war and we have to ask ourselves, can a nation like that, based on those principles, even survive? Is this an old, dusty idea that we never got right, and so we're going to give up trying, or are we going to rededicate ourselves to it? That's what 12 score in three years is about. 12 score in three years ago was July, actually, 2nd, 1776, when they signed the Declaration of Independence. 12 score in three years ago. And they had this idea. And the idea was all men are created equal and we've never gotten it right. But I got news for you. That's the toughest mission statement ever. Can you imagine any company saying, you know what? We're a company that believes at all times all men are created equal and endowed with certain rights. Can you imagine a company doing that? They would fail every time. They would never be able to hold that standard, especially in today's atmosphere. Oh, you said that all people were created equal, but how come they're making more money than this person? How come that person got the raise or that person got the corner office while I sit in the middle of the, in the room? It's impossible, especially in today's atmosphere. But it is a lofty goal. And right now we're tearing ourselves apart on race when we shouldn't be, history is being written today. So what are we going to do with our freedom today? One of the most poignant parts is, you know, it's broken up and I think in like 10 or 11 different stations. And I think it's station nine says the big, huge poster or banner up above everything says our founders didn't do enough to stop slavery. Okay, let's just say you believe that. What does that mean today? How are you going to change history? Because you can't go back. Well, historians can, and they do all the time. But if you're not a historian or an educator at a university, how are you going to affect change in history? Realize that history is being written right now, and that's the only history you can write. Twelve score and three years ago, our museum opens this weekend. It opens tomorrow. We were here till again, almost midnight last night. It's been 3 a.m. Uh, uh, mornings all week long to get this ready. It is, it's stunning. It is really stunning. And we really want you to come. This week, grab your tickets now at mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org. Come, I will be here the whole time. Stu will be here. David Barton will be here. We have tours you can take with each of us. Uh, or you can just get the tickets. They're 10 bucks. Parental guidance is suggested, uh, but it is going to be something that no one will forget. And quite honestly, your kids should see this. Your kids should see this. Because... Depending on their age, for sure. I mean, it is pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, you're you know. your four-year-old, right. but, you know, they might be like, oh, that was kind of scary part. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you can get through that, and we'll help you uh, with that. Um, all right. 12 score, three years ago, that uh, ticket is on sale right now. Mercury One, please come. Please bring your churches. I can't imagine why churches are not 
uh, just loading up buses this weekend and bringing everybody to see this because this is the this is the work of the church. It really is. It's dependent on the individual. All right, we're going back to the uh, the Democratic debate, which is uh, nothing about the individual. It's all about the collective. <laughs> it is. Uh, I will say, you know, one of the the big takeaway, and you know, how many times have we said this? I mean, mm, I, I, I know where you're going. I mean, look, Kamala Harris is dangerous. Dangerous. She is not Hillary Clinton. She was the winner last night. Are any polls saying that? Yeah, she was overwhelmingly. Yeah, she the was winner. the winner last night. By far, she let's just play the part of uh, Harris taking down Joe Biden. Yeah, should we do the uh, the shorter version? Because it was a fairly sure. long exchange. There's a shorter version, though. This is Biden and Harris going back on and forth on race. It's personal. And I was actually very it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. Now listen how she and builds this story. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. I have supported the okay, ERA from the very beginning when Vice I ran President for the Biden, 30 seconds, because I want to bring you know, other people into this. I have supported the ERA from the very beginning. I'm the guy that extended the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. We got to the place where we got 98 out of 98 votes in the United States Senate doing it. I've also argued very strongly that we, in fact, deal with the notion of denying people access to the ballot box. I agree that everybody, once they, in fact, they should, anyway, my time's up. Yeah, Ooh. he had he didn't know really where he was bad. going there, and yeah. then of course him saying my time's up is just like the yeah. headline here for everybody who doesn't yeah. want him to win. My time's up. Uh, she did this uh, to him multiple times, and she, I mean, she absolutely not just destroyed him, but honestly blew out the entire field. I don't know that I've ever seen a debate performance in a large field that was better than that. There's a, I agree. There's a lot of those like when you have the like Romney beating Obama in their first debate. I mean, he absolutely destroyed him. Obviously, you go back Reagan losing his first debate pretty mm-hmm. badly. There, there, there's been these blowouts in the one-on-one situations mm-hmm. in a field of ten. I mean, I, I've never really seen hard. a That's performance really like that. Hard. I think I think Donald Trump dominated. Uh, he dominated certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he dominated the. He he ran those rooms, right? Yes, um, he did. But you know, she's she's a very skillful. She's a prosecutor, she right? Is, like she, okay, she's so a the, surgeon. The reason why I said, look at the way she framed this story, and Stu picked up on this as well. The way she told that story, she didn't say, you know, I was deeply offended. It was very hurtful because when I was a kid, I was on a bus. No. Mm-mm. She knows how to tell a story. She said there was this little girl in California mm-hmm. who was the first. To in her class in second grade to be bust in, and I was that yeah. little girl. That's the way to tell an effective story. She's a storyteller. She's an she's a prosecutor. So dare I say it? She's also an actress. Yeah. Well, it's true. She she can she can emote. Yep. She showed emotion. She showed anger. She was smart enough, by the way, as well. Glenn, I thought you would you would like this. Is that she got so far? She got such a gigantic lead. Uh, as they, you know, uh, and she was blowing everybody out. It was obvious if you were watching this debate. And about three quarters of the way through, she realized it. 
right? Like she mm-hmm. she knew it. So when they were doing this one thing where they're like, can you say two words about, you know, whatever? And they all go through and of course they all say like six paragraphs. She was the only one who stuck to it because she knew she had nothing left to do. There was no upside of her saying another now word for the night. She knows, she, and this comes from her as a prosecutor. I know when I've won the case, mm-hmm. anything I say at this mm-hmm. point will work against me. You know, if if I blow it now, it will work against me. Best thing I can do is just be quiet. And she was. She's really smart. If I were in the Trump administration, I would be going into the president's office today and say, forget Joe Biden. Joe Biden, you can win against this one. You're going to have to play a different game on the debate stage because you've never faced someone. She's she's as smart as Ted Cruz. But she's likable and knows how to emote and tell a story. Mm. Imagine if Ted Cruz was a robot. Okay, Ted Cruz was stiff and he 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 was not likable to a lot of people. She is likable to a lot of people and it will cross over because she seems so likable. Remember, it's usually who do you want to have a beer with? Okay, a lot of people will say Donald Trump. Sure. But a lot of people will also say her. So she she can remember this. This presidential uh, election is going to be won on the margins. This one is going to be won by two, three percent, possibly, if it's a tough candidate. Mm. Who is going to eat into more? We know that Donald Trump is has been so boxed in by the media and everything else that you either love him or hate him. And your decision is probably made up the only thing that will change that for those independents is if the other person is just a radical too far too crazy or unlikable yeah no i i think it's it's true and you know the good there's good things and bad things about about her as a candidate in that the good thing for trump is that she's so left-wing yeah, she is she, a radical. She is a, She's a radical. She is basically a much better packaging of Bernie Sanders. Yes, and you know, there's some probably Elizabeth Warren, maybe Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, but the, but she she's going so far left that's good for trump it's also bad for america because if she's able you know while she is not a perfect candidate she's made mistakes she's not perfect but she's capable of the spectacular uh like in that last night look as far as de- a first debate in an 18 month primary that was a spectacular performance. If, if that debate can make any difference, it will for her. And she's capable of those things. She's capable of the viral moments. She's capable of pulling off stuff that here's, no one else on that stage can here's do. Here's the thing. Hillary Clinton, when she had righteous indignation, you knew that it was staged. You knew that yep. it was planned. Horrible. Okay? All of these people only... Um, Oh, what's her name? Uh, the vice president, uh, Hewlett, uh, Hewlett Packard. Uh, oh, Fiorina. Yeah, Fiorina. Only Carly Fiorina. Only Carly Fiorina was able to dismantle Donald Trump one time. And it's because she spoke as a woman and it felt real. Okay. She was good at packaging mm-hmm. and and throwing it right back into his face. Okay. She's the only one that I've seen able to do that. And because she's genuine, she means what she says, and it came across genuine. Okay, Didn't make a dent because... But she, she got a big bump out of that, She though. got a big bump she out of that. She just couldn't continue it. That's who this woman is. This woman can fake sincerity. 
You know, she might be very, very sincere, but she's all that's her job yeah, as a prosecutor. Exactly. To move a jury. So you're looking at a completely different person. If there was one person on the stage that I would be afraid could beat Donald Trump, it might be her. I don't I mean, I worry about everybody, but I think she's the biggest threat. And beyond that, uh, uh, she is the she is not uh, a middle of the road candidate. No. She is the worst package possible, in my opinion. She has a great chance of winning and playing a different game. I haven't seen Donald Trump play a different game, so he might be able to beat it and best it, but I don't know. I'd rather not risk it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and she is truly a radical. All right, let me tell you, our sponsor is Real Estate Agents I Trust. Uh, Real Estate Agents I, I Trust is a company that's that I started. This is my company, and uh, it's because I went through frustration, and then I started working with real estate agents on another uh, another uh, platform, another project, and I met all these people who were, you know, on the Wall Street Journal 500 best real estate agents in the country, and so I asked them questions. How, I mean, really, is it is it really the best thing just to keep having open houses and blowing up balloons? How do you sell so many houses? And I learned it's a network. I learned that they're not advertising for themselves. They're advertising the homes. And when they're advertising and pushing your home, that, that cre- and if they have a lot of homes, that creates demand. And people are funneling in. It's all about the funnel. There's really an art to this. So we went out and we found real estate agents that I trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I want to be able to put a real estate agent in your home uh, and it's free to you to talk to, so you can do your own homework, that you will say, that's a real estate agent I trust. They're going to sell your home on time and for the most amount of money, and they'll help you in any city, any area, to be able to move to that area. We have them all over the country. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Get your home sold and get into the right neighborhood for you, your family. Realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, our museum is uh, happening, opens this weekend, 12 score, and three years ago, we asked if you would uh, buy a ticket last night. Uh, you can upgrade uh, your ticket into a tour with me or David Barton or Stu and Jeffy, um, you know, whatever your choice is. The winner is Betty Jackson. Uh, where is Betty from? Betty Jackson. Uh, she's, Betty Jackson. She's, she's won, and so... Uh, she's from Georgia. When is she coming? Uh, she's coming July 4th. Nice. Great. So spend your July 4th with me, uh, Betty. You and uh, you and your guest. I guess she bought two tickets yesterday. Uh, you're coming and we're going to spend 4th of July together. Betty Jackson. Congratulations. Uh, all right. We have quite a show uh, still to go. Uh, we have Bill O'Reilly next. Oh, is this going to be interesting to hear Bill talk about uh, the debates from the last two nights? Um, Also, in hour three, we have Nick DiPaolo. Now, if you don't know who Nick is, Nick is a world-class comedian, uh, and he is a conservative. And I don't mean like, and hey, he tells some jokes and he might be conservative. No, 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 no. He's a conservative, and he 
mocks the left on stage. And he is brutal. Just brutal. Funny. Brutal. He may be our uh, our generation's Lenny Bruce. Breaking every single rule that the politically correct have imposed. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Cruise through history. We are going to take you on a cruise next spring. Uh, and it is a cruise through history. This is something actually that I've wanted to do for my kids. Take them, you know, to Athens and show them and teach them about a republic and where that came from. Uh, go to Venice and teach them about a marketplace and and the Enlightenment. Uh, take them to the Holy Land and have them walk where Jesus walked, where the prophets walked. That's an amazing thing, and you can get it right now. A once-in-a-lifetime tour with me, with David Barton, with Rabbi Lappin, and Bill O'Reilly. You want to join us on this uh, trip. It's happening next spring. It's all-inclusive. You'll never have to pull out your wallet. Just go to ComeSailAway.com, learn more, and get on this trip with us. And families, maybe this is something you buy your mom and dad uh, and chip in. This is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. ComeSailAway.com. Go there now. ComeSailAway.com. All right. Back in a minute with Mr. Bill O'Reilly. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Not going to beat around the bush, and neither will he. Bill O'Reilly. We talk about the debates in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Can't wait to hear his uh, point of view, so we're going to hurry up and get right to it. First, let me just tell you, LifeLock I wish I could take my kids and and lock them up and make sure that they were safe, but you can't do that. Uh, you know, cryogenically freeze the whole family and just miss this part of history. Uh, but you can't do that. But you can keep your information safe. You can keep your family safe from cyber thieves. And this is going a growing problem and only going to get worse. LifeLock has mastered this. LifeLock has been the leader in this since the 1990s when everybody's like, you're not going to steal my, you're what? You're going to steal my social security number? We never even thought of it. Now your social security number probably is up for sale now on the dark web. Because all of our information has been uh, has been breached in one way or another, and it can be really, really bad. And only LifeLock is uh, is capable of of covering it all and seeing the things that you might miss and others might miss. LifeLock, nobody can you know monitor all transactions and you know see everything that's going on in all businesses and all lives all the time. However, if something does go wrong, they have a U.S.-based restoration specialist that's there to work to fix it. LifeLock.com, the best in the business. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code Beck and you're going to save ten percent. One eight hundred LifeLock. That's one eight hundred LifeLock or LifeLock.com. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Here I am. (laughs) Ready to go. Are you ever excited about anything? I'm excited 
about going on vacation next week. I'm going to Europe. Uh, going to see some people over there and uh, get away from the madness that is the United States of America right now. <laughs> I want to talk to you about debate. I, I, I can't wait to hear your analysis of what happened the last two nights. I'm curious about the patriotism of Bill O'Reilly, who, who ex- he runs away from the country back to Europe. Back to uh, white Europe, white, white Nazi Europe. Europe during, I think you're going to Berlin, aren't the you? Fourth of July. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not a color kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, hospitable to everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm not running away. I just need a little alpine air. After all of this mm-hmm. hot air. <laughs> oh, yeah. It said this so the pictures of you and your you leader, Hosen. There's a lot of stuff going on. So this is an important uh, discussion we're going to have. Here. All right, good. So let's start with the debate. Come on, yes. come on. I want to hear your I want to hear your opinions. What happened right. in the so last two days? You've got two things going on. You've got the um, people at home watching, and then you have the corrupt media that's telling you what's happening, but they're not really telling you the truth. So just keep that in mind. There are two tracks. So you've got the uh, 20 Democrats. Four or five of them are now in play. The other 15 are eliminated. The ones that are still in play are um, Joe Biden, mm-hmm. Mayor Pete, mm-hmm. Senator Harris, mm-hmm. and Senator Warren. Bernie Sanders is in the pack, but he's cooked. I think so too. He's through. He's not. He does okay. not look like a serious consideration. No, he isn't. He yeah. isn't a serious player now. Yeah, he'll stay. He's got nothing else to do. Remember, Bernie and Sanders his people are loyal. Senate for decades. Yeah, and passed one bill, mm-hmm. a renaming of the post office in his state. That's it. Never did anything in the Senate. Um, so he's he's done. So you get those four. Mm-hmm. Get those four people. But Biden is still the guy who the money Democrats are going to go for, even though the media does not like him. But last night, Kamala Harris put herself in the number two spot. I agree. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be Biden Harris. Mm-hmm. OK, and um, they're going to have to make friends, but they will. It'll be a little drama. But that's, I think, going to be the ticket. Biden-Harris. Yes. I think there's a chance that uh, Harris, if she continues to perform as well as she did last night, and Biden, Biden was okay in the first half hour, but when she came directly after him, he was, he looked like a deer in the headlights. And he, he was positioned as, your time has passed. Uh, well, I disagree with the deer in the headlights because deers, deer can jump and, and Joe can't. I mean, he's not getting <laughs> yeah, over the fence. Okay, you're right. You're um, right. You're right. Yeah, so maybe uh, a turtle in the, in the headlights. <laughs> right. Joe, Joe is just discombobulated. He had to know Harris was going to do that. It Harris wasn't ready. He's been around a country for the last three weeks so doing Stu, that. Hang on just a second. Stu. Yeah. How I'm Kamala Harris, and I say to you, and I was that little girl on that bus. Shame on you. Look, I, I answer. I you know, was in the Senate for a long time. I can go through all the things that I led. But, you know, what I opposed was not busing. What I opposed was that specific policy and the way it was implemented. And you know who else opposed it? 
were the voters of my state who were black. Black voters in Delaware opposed that busing bill. So you can go back and do revisionist history all you want. And that's what, of course, Harris was trying to do there. Right. And she did it effectively. Because he, but he was not prepared for it. How was he not prepared for that? Bill. No, but you guys are missing the big point. Harris wasn't trying to revise history. Harris doesn't know history. Right? <laughs> yes. She doesn't she says nothing to revise. She doesn't know it. What she's trying to do is what all the left wing politicians do, identity politics. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to shame Biden mm-hmm. because Kamala Harris, as we all know, is very virtuous. Mm-hmm. Virtuous. Mm-hmm. They're gonna run on the virtuous ticket. Okay, it's like, we Democrats are very humane. We don't want to see anybody suffer. We're, I, one of my favorite Harris lines last night was, um, we, we have to figure out how to put food on your table. We don't want to food You know fight. what, lady? Yeah. I'll put food on my own table. Mm-hmm. I don't want you coming, unless you're delivering a pizza or something to me. I don't want you putting food on my table. But this is the theme. That these virtuous Mother Teresa type politicians, all right, or St. Francis of Assisi if you're a male, all right, these virtuous politicians are going to make everything all right. Mm. Everything that you need, you the American citizen, everything, all right, you need your uh, driveway shovel in the winter, hey. Don't worry about it. We're going to come and get it. And even if you're homeless, we'll shovel any driveway you want. Just point to one. Okay. So, you, you know, you're, so... you're talking about Mother Teresa, and a lot of people might think that you're, uh, you know, you're, you're being hyperbolic about this. But may I, just play, may I just play Marianne Williamson's harnessing of love clip? Listen to this. Yes. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field, and sir, love will win. Wow. You know what? I thought Tony Tennille was running. Love will keep us together. Remember that? Love yeah, I, will I, keep us together. I do. And about I three the others. Captain do. and Tennille were up there. Right. Mayor Pete was the captain, right. and uh, was. Uh, I have to tell you, that was yes. bizarre. It was like an alien landing. Oh. No. That wasn't bizarre. No, it wasn't. Next, they're going to have a fortune teller. Okay? (laughs) A little gypsy woman. Oh, my gosh. Why does a fortune teller have to be a gypsy? Oh, my Um, gosh. Because gypsies are are, uh, very talented in that area. What's the matter with you? What? I mean. So, but let's get back to the serious theme. If Americans buy this, all right, then we are a country in crisis. So that's, that's what I mean when I say, in the, my beginning remarks, there's, there's two prongs here. The media prong, which want, desperately wants either Harris or uh, uh, the senator from Massachusetts, Warren. That's who the media wants, one or the other of those ladies. Mm-hmm. The folks, the Democrats, they're not real sure about this kind of radicalism so they'd probably go back to the old reliable Joe Biden if he can stay awake long enough <laughs> to be inaugurated. Yeah, he, he really could. looked old last night. Towards the think, end especially. Yeah, I don't I, think no, he... I like to spray tan. I, you know, I yeah. thought... I, I <laughs> no, but I, you know... Trump spray tan is orange. Yeah. At least Biden's looked... T- you know, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm watching Biden last night, and, you know, I've... 
never thought of him. I mean, you know, when you think about him, you know he's old and everything else. But I've never felt like he was like, in arena. But in that field last night, he looked ancient, and so did Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, but it was late. Oof. It was late. The debate started at nine. Yeah, I know, but okay, it was I late. Think late for those two, maybe four. Well, <laughs> if, if you want to be fair, they should have an early bird debate. Yes, beginning at four. Yeah, there, there could be okay. the kitties table and the early bird table. The early bird debate should be Bernie and Biden, right? And first, right, they could they talk about their the buffet, and uh, they get what they need, and they yeah. come back and chat. And then they can, you know, maybe save fifteen minutes just for their gastric problems. You know, oh my, my stomach. Oh, I've got gas like you wouldn't believe. And they could just do that for 15 minutes at the early bird table. You think Bernie Sanders has never had a moment of happiness in his life? The guy is miserable, miserable. all the time, miserable. no matter what is happening. I, yeah. I, I don't know how the crotchety thing seems to work for his supporters, but I just do he not get is it. The get off. You guys have never seen Bernie. When Ben and Jerry give him a free pint, he's ecstatic. <laughs> oh, okay. He is the happiest guy. Really? Wow. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Bill, may I ask yeah. you this question? What is the definition? You're a wordsmith. What is the definition of open borders? Very good question, Beck. Very, very good. So this is what I mean when I say that even liberal Democrats watching these debates have got to say, is it really wise public policy to allow every human being in the, United, in the world into the United States and then pick up all their health care and all their education and give them food on the table? Is that really wise public policy in a nation that has a $22 trillion debt? Okay? Now, Anyone, anyone would say, you know, I don't think that's really realistic. I, it may be virtuous. It may be, you know, that you're going to go to heaven, but it's going to bankrupt the nation. All right. It'll cause civil strife that we have never seen before. All right. And it'll collapse our economy. All of that would happen if you allowed every single human being the option of coming to the United States and having we, the American working person, pick up their tab. That's essentially what the Democrats, all of them, were saying. All of them. So I say, and maybe I'm wrong here, maybe when I'm uh, strolling around the Alps next week, I'll go, geez, we're in trouble. But I don't think most Americans are going to go for that. So all Trump has to do is keep pointing that out. Say, is this what you want? All right, because it's insane. I overuse that word insane. I know I do. But this truly is madness. It's madness. Where you have no enforcement on the border, and as soon as they get here, you're picking up every tab they have. I, I mean, it's impossible, number one, but that's what they want. I know. They, the Democratic Party. And they've succeeded in turning the southern border of the United States into a chaotic mess where people are drowning in the Rio Grande River. Okay, back with more analysis from Bill O'Reilly coming up in just a second. Bill O'Reilly, you can get his daily commentary at BillOReilly.com, BillOReilly.com, and grab his new book, uh, The United States. States is it what's it called, Bill? United States according United to Trump. United States of Trump: How the President Really Sees America. 
All right, you don't need to yell at me. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing Bernie Sanders, man. All right. Okay, hang on just a second. Let me tell you about uh, Norton. Uh, Norton Security, we've had on our computers forever. We know that they are uh, somebody that you can trust to keep you secure. They are recommending highly, and so am I, that you get a VPN. Now, a VPN is not just to protect you from the criminals that can come in and, and hack into you and track you, especially on public Wi-Fi. Um, even if it's password protected, it's don't, don't get onto public Wi-Fi because it is the easiest thing to hack into. And then everything you have is gone. This is a virtual private network that has banking, uh, banking security uh, encryption. So you have really high encryption on it. It's a virtual private network, which means it does not come back to your uh, computer you're you're hopping on using some other computer someplace else in the world so you are safe and per- protected facebook isn't following you google isn't following you nobody's collecting ins- for information on you and that's what's critical a vpn norton secure vpn is the only company that i would trust to get a vpn from norton secure vpn you can get it protection starts at 333 a month Stop worrying about online privacy. Just go to Norton.com slash VPN. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Ten seconds. Station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program and Bill O'Reilly is here. So if you're Donald Trump and you were watching the last two days, what would you say, or you're an advisor to Donald Trump, what would you say to the president, you need to prepare for this? Well, I don't think the president is uh, fully cognizant of how difficult his reelection is going to be, number one. Mm. I, I don't think he has come to grips with the fact that He's going to have to run a really strong campaign to win, even if the Democrats put a far left person opposite him. But assuming it's Biden and Kamala Harris, assuming that's a ticket up against uh, Trump and Pence, Trump's going to have to really run a very strong campaign because the Democrats are going to play up that he's a Satan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, the, you know, he's just Satan. Okay? But something subtle like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, Trump's going to have to start to act more presidential in the sense that, look, I am the president. I've used my authority to help you, the American person. Here's what I've done. And look at what they want to do. See, Biden and Harris are never going to be able to get away from the open border stuff, the reparations for slavery stuff, the the unfettered abortion stuff. How can any American of faith vote for the Democratic ticket? How? I I don't understand how any Christian could do it based upon what they want to do with the unborn. And then they have the economy where the Democrats keep saying, well, the economy is no good. And then every stat in the world says, yeah, well, the, the economy is good. But they're never, the Democrats are never going to say the economy's good, ever. They'll f- always find somebody who's not doing well. And so that, that Trump's got to steer away from the swamp there, 
because you'll never get out of it if he starts to engage them on a micro level and just have a few overarched themes. I'm a successful president. I'm bringing prosperity to you, the American uh, citizen. And these people want to destroy the country because, as I said, the country would be destroyed with open borders. And I don't see that any Democrats saying, I'm going to moderate the border, or I don't want to. They all agree that everybody should be able to come in here. Yeah, but they're saying today, all of them said, you should, it shouldn't be criminal. Um, you shouldn't but be deported. That, you shouldn't be you arrested. It's, it's not criminal, then everything goes away. Then Correct. you have no right to detain anybody. Correct. So they're, but they're saying today, no, how dare you say I'm for open borders? I'm missing something in the definition of open borders because I think you've, I think you've hit all of those things. Yeah, I, I well, look, the Democrats are going to say the economy's bad. Is that the truth? Yes. No. No. no it's true that they're going to say that. It's not right, the truth. Right, but that's not the truth. Yes. The economy's strong in America right now. Mm-hmm. Democrats are going to say we're not for open borders. Is that the truth? No. It's not. So what Trump's got to do is is just ignore that. And and just put out his uh, platform, and his platform is, here's what I've done for you, and here's what the Democrats are going to do, which is going to lead to the destruction of America as we know it. Look, Kamala Harris was the Attorney General of California, right? Mm-hmm. Has anybody seen what's happened to San Francisco and Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Anybody noticed? Mm-hmm. All right? That's performance-based. That's a performance-based thing. Was one question directed to her? Well, what about your performance as attorney general? You've got two of the two major cities in California in absolute chaos right now. Are you responsible for that, Ms. Harris? Are your policies of permissiveness responsible for 100,000 people running wild in the streets, shooting up heroin in front of children? Do you bear any responsibility for that, madam? Where was that question? Did you hear that? No. Rachel Maddow is going to give that question. Because, well, you know, I thought Rachel Maddow was okay. The others, the uh, the only two that were all right were Maddow, who didn't even say anything, and uh, Lester Holt, who's an honest guy. The rest of them, I mean, why are they there? You could give yeah. anybody, anybody could sit there and ask those kinds of questions. Um, uh, is anybody here want to confiscate guns? Raise your hand. <laughs> I got an eight-year-old who can do that. (laughs) All right? What you're supposed to do in a debate is get a person's position that doesn't quite stack and ask them about it. That's what a debate is. Not, who likes cherry vanilla ice cream? Raise your hand. I like it. It's, uh, it's quite delicious. More with uh, oh, okay. Sorry. More with uh, Bill O'Reilly here in in just a second. <laughs> Stand by. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So I have a new car, um, and then any other car that I have, you know, to trucks and stuff, they're all they're all used out of warranty, and I need Car Shield because um, I drive, you know, I drive the trucks until the, the engine falls out on the side of the of the highway, and you're like, okay, can we still go downhill with this? So I need Car Shield uh, because you can't fix an engine like you used to be able to now with all of the sensors and all of the chips. 
those chips can be anywhere from $500 to $3,500. And who can afford that? You need an extended uh, protection policy. You need, you need something that is going to protect you from those big, huge hits. And that's why I have CarShield. And they have saved me on big hits for my cars over and over and over again. I'm wondering if they're worth it. They're like, I wish Glenn Beck wasn't a client. Uh, 800-CAR-6000. 800-CAR-6000. Use carshield.com. Get your car covered. Stop worrying about that check engine light going off. Get carshield.com. Use the promo code Beck. You can get Bill O'Reilly's commentary every day at BillOReilly.com and more from Glenn at BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly is on with us. Bill, I'm going to give you my uh, winners and losers, and then i like to hear yours. Biggest loser, uh, I think, is Bernie Sanders this week, only because... There's no new members of the Bernie Sanders fan club. His number is not going to go up. There's nobody that was not for him before. They went, you know, I don't know. That Bernie Sanders uh, might be good. So I think he's the biggest loser because you're not going to win if you're capped at 18%. The other biggest loser on the on the other side, somebody who has no, uh, no ratings points, uh, is uh, Beto. Beto has got to go get a real job now. I mean, he's a two-time loser, uh, and he and he was given the world by the Democratic Party and the media, and he could do nothing with it. The biggest winner, I think, is Kamala Harris. She's now a contender, a real contender, uh, and I think I agree with you. She's above uh, Elizabeth Warren, but Elizabeth Warren did well as well this weekend or this week. Biggest losers and winners, Bill. I just I don't disagree with uh, any of that. Uh, I think that's pretty smart. Um, I think Mayor Pete um, is articulate and he comes across as a human being. You know, I screwed up in my uh, town uh, with the police shooting. You know, a lot of politicians that don't say that. I think he hurt, he helped himself by uh, putting forth a demeanor that Americans like. They like that kind of a demeanor. Right. So he's he's going to be um, I wouldn't say a factor, but he he'll be in it for a while. Know, but here's yeah, here's the pro- here's the guy that helps him um, articulate, sincere. He's setting himself up for making a lot of money yeah. and then running again down the road. So no let doubt. me let me ask you this, Bill. Two things come to mind. One, if if you can't if you can't run. Uh, what is it for? Uh, I mean, uh, South Bend. If you can't run South Bend, uh, how can you run the United States of America? The second thing is he's going to have a real problem uh, with his Christian lecturing uh, the entire time, telling Christians that they're not Christians. That's going to be great with the media. And if he's if he's smart, he won't believe the media because that would come to haunt him in any kind of general. Yeah, I mean, I think the guy is just going through the exercise now to set himself up, as I said. Um, clearly, the party wants a woman minority on a ticket, which is why um, I, I thought the uh, 
Stacy Abrams, is that her name in uh, Georgia? Yeah. Uh, lost a gubernatorial race? Yes. I thought she might be considered, but after Harris's um, performance, Biden's going to have to put her on a ticket because that shows that Biden is kind of a forgiving kind of guy and he's woke now. She woke him. <laughs> All of that, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, so, I, you know, I don't see a lot of drama. In the Democratic uh, machine, unless Biden continues to decline, and I, you know, you got another debate at the end of uh, July. It's going to be more of the same. It's an ABC debate. Uh, you know, they're not going to step in Okay, so go in. He's an apparatchnik, a Democrat apparatchnik. You said uh, on your shows this week at BillOReilly.com, there are four major areas of concern yeah. for the Democratic Party, but they might not even know all of them yet. What are they? The four that the American people are going to be very hesitant to support are the economy, saying the economy's bad, because most people don't believe that. 72% in the latest poll think the economy's good, but these people are up there telling you it's bad. Um, the second one is the open border. I, I just don't believe that even liberal Americans want that. The third one is uh, reparations for slavery, which uh, I wrote a column on, and it's unconstitutional. It was a 1969 Supreme Court ruling, 7 to 3, and it said that the federal government uh, cannot pay for historical injustices. Um, And the fourth one is unfettered abortion, which I said will make it very difficult for any person of faith, particularly Christian, um, to vote for these people who just say, look, you want to use abortion as birth control? You have a perfect right to do that. Because that's what they're, when, when, whenever you hear them say, reproductive rights, women's rights, this is what Gillibrand, you know, oh, women, women, protecting women, women. And you look at them and you go, okay, um, women need to be protected in America, but you have uh, another, another potential human being or human being, depending on how you see it, in play here. What do you, I mean, what are they, Kleenex? Is that what that is? And and you're saying, Kirsten Gillibrand, that if you want to use abortion for birth control, you can, and it's fine with you? That's pretty harsh. So uh, those are the four, and um, if I, Trump, may, if may I ask, he'll, if, he'll exploit all of them. Let, let, me, uh, let me ask you this. You have the economy, uh, which is, is denying the truth that your eyes can see and that you know. Open borders, the same thing. People see what's going on in the border, and they see it in their own community, and no one's going to want to do that. No matter what they're saying, it is denying the truth that your eyes can see. uh, Reparations um, is something that nobody is for. Abortion, again, is denying the things that your eyes can see. Healthcare is another one where That's a Democratic plus. Uh, the Republicans better get on it and get on it fast. Wait, 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 wait. You think the, what they're what they're positioning for of of, of universal health care and, and, and shutting no, down? I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not for a single payer health care system run by the government because that takes away our freedom and the government will screw it up as they screw up everything like that. But what I will tell you is that most Americans fear being wiped out if they get an illness or their parents or children get sick. Yes, they fear that. Yes. Because the hospital costs and the drug costs are out of control in this country. Right. And they are. Right. And, and so unless you have a gold-plated health insurance 
policy, which you're paying through the nose for, and many, many working Americans cannot afford it, you're going to get hurt um, if you get sick. And the Democrats are very good at positioning that issue. And the Republicans stand silent, basically, on it. They don't have anything. That's the strongest Democratic issue. And the Republicans, if they want to win and take back the House, better get something up and running. Because right now they don't have anything. How about the end of the free market? That's a little theoretical, Beck. It's a little theoretical. Well, they are you, talking you, you about banter it. banter around the word socialist and capitalist. And I don't want to be supercilious word of the day for Stu. Okay? <laughs> but most people, they don't know what you're talking about. They don't know. Because they haven't been to a socialist country. They don't know what, it, uh, what the government does. When you have a guy like Bernie Sanders basically saying, look, I'm going to take 70% of your income away from you. And, and nobody bats an eyelash on that. Nobody's out. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not, Bernie. You're not taking 70% of my income away from me. But that's what Bernie wants to do. Yet that's mainstream democratic politics mainstream so let, let's go let's go and do this same exercise with the republicans what are the four areas of concern you just said health care is one of them what are the four areas of concern that the the gop doesn't maybe isn't even aware of that are okay. their achilles heel? Very, another very good question beck you're really on your game today. Yeah, thank <laughs> you very much so the republican party learned is from i may i just say may i just say learned from yeah. a master Okay, I'm, I'm not you, Stu. not you, but, but a master. <laughs> right. anyway. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right. So the Republican Party is perceived by non-party people, independent people, mm-hmm. and, you know, people yeah, yeah. who don't really take an interest in politics as being mean, mean. They're mean guys and white mean guys. OK, mm-hmm. white mean guys who want to hurt poor minority people. Mm-hmm. That's the perception that has been sold by the media. Mm-hmm. The media sells that perception every hour on the hour. Never mind that most of the media are mean white guys themselves. Okay, so they've got to somehow break that down. Well, how does and, how does the president do that? And I love well, he this. Can't. Hang on, just a sec. I love this guy. But if it is if it is Donald Trump and Mike Pence and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, uh, they're going to only make that much, much worse. Yes, it's going to be the virtue twins, Biden and Harris against the mean white guys. Correct. Trump and Pence. So the mean white guys are basically going to stay mean white guys and tell everybody, look, if you vote for the virtuous twins, whole country is going to collapse and you're going to be sorry. But. What the Republican Party can do, if they had any kind of strategy or any kind of leadership within the party, which I don't think they have, I don't believe there's one human being in that party who's smart enough to be able to go out and market something, is to say, you know, it is humane and it is beneficial to minorities to create a strong economy so that there's opportunity for people to prosper. And we're going to take a look at these college loans stuff. And we're going to try to make it easier for people to attend school. We're not going to give it to you, but we're going to try to make it easier. We're going to absolutely try to make health care more affordable because we believe that these are issues that are important to you. What's wrong with that? Nothing. What's wrong with that? But do you ever hear that coming out of the GOP precincts? No. No. You never hear it. 
So the mean guys could well beat the virtue twins based on insanity because the virtue twins have, and this is important for everybody to remember, the virtue twins and the Democratic Party have no solutions to any problems. None. Their overarch is the government will control the lives of every American citizen. So if you're, you're saying if the, you what to do. if the Republicans could frame this as insanity versus humanity, it, they would win. That's a good, I like that slogan. Mm-hmm. But you've got to have a face for it. They've got to find somebody. All right, maybe Nikki Haskell. Uh, Nikki Haskell. Um, Nikki, uh, what's her name? The, the, the UN, UN ambassador. South Carolina. Uh, Haley. 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 Nikki Haley. I'm sorry, I should remember that. Um, Nikki, maybe Nikki Haley. All right, maybe somebody like that. The ambassador of goodness. Okay, that's what I would call, and it'd have to be a woman. The ambassador of goodness is here for uh, the Republican Party, and this is what we're going to do to try to help you because a lot of Americans need help. And, and that's where the Democrats go. They go right into those precincts of people who don't have any money, people who don't have an education, who are struggling, and they say, you know what? You vote for us, we have a magic wand, we're going to make it all better, and you're going to be living large. And debt, debt. Of course, that's not true. And it'll never happen. But that's what they sell. Mm-hmm. So the GOP needs an ambassador of goodness. Somebody come out and go, look, we know times are tough for many Americans, and we're, we're here to help you. But we're not going to destroy the country and make it worse. They will. So, you know, I think Marianne Williamson's going to be available. She could harness some love. Yeah, um, pretty fast. All right. So uh, do you have more than that? Or is that just an overall arching kind of really their biggest problem? Well, the, the Republican Party has to stop being arrogant. All right. So the Democrats should own the arrogance because they are smug. Oh, my God, are they smug. And again, it goes back to the virtue. We're so noble. The Republican Party, you know, the Mitch McConnells and these people, I mean, they come across as like, well, you know, it's our way of the highway. And uh, yeah, they've got to be a little bit more receptive. That's hard for Donald Trump. It's really hard for the president. To <laughs> yes, do that. it is. That's yeah. not he's, he's one of his strong face. cards. Right. He's an in your face guy, which is mm-hmm. why he needs the ambassador of goodness. Mm-hmm. His daughter could do it, Ivanka. Yes. She could do it. Um, and I think that uh, he'd be smart to put her front and center out there. Um, she's very articulate, very attractive, very energetic, uh, and he trusts her. Trump only, only trusts four people on the planet, mm-hmm. and I named them in uh, the United States of Trump, and Ivanka's one of them. And so, but this would require, Beck, the Republicans to sit down and strategize and have conversations. Not They're gonna never going to do that. They're happen. all out shooting Target practice. They they're not. They don't want to have a little discussion. They're out having cocktails. Yeah, I think cocktails. I'm not sure Mitch McConnell is out shooting. Oh, uh, did you ever? Hit, did you ever see him throw a knife? Guys, <laughs> lethal. It's, it's good, huh? Okay, Bill. Thank you so much. Um, happy right, Independence Day. A pleasure. I'll miss you next week, but we'll I'll be back. And uh, I'll fill you in on what's going on in Europe. You got it. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Bill O'Reilly okay. from BillOReilly.com. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's happening in the economy. And, and uh, I, have, I have a really different perspective uh, on why we're not seeing inflation right now, which could be some really good news uh, for us if it 
turns out to be right. It's just a just a theory. But the Federal Reserve is talking now about mortgage rates coming back down. I mean, they will go below zero, uh, which means they'll pay you to take money and borrow. Please do not get wrapped up in uh, this nightmare. This is exactly what caused the last the last problem in 2008. I know you. And if you're a listener of this audience, you believe in personal responsibility. You believe in your financial house being in order. This is the time to put yourself in in financial straits. Not is that a good thing? No, that's not a good thing, is it? Finan- financial uh, deep waters. How's that? Um, and be able to. That's not good either. Anyway, you can <laughs> you can consolidate your loans you You can yeah Yeah, okay you can consolidate your loans you can uh get a refi you can um uh take this money pay less for your home have a locked in interest rate and be secure for the future no matter what comes it's americanfinancing.net americanfinancing.net they work for you 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Well, it's Friday, and this may be the last hour of this broadcast. We hope not, uh, but Nick DiPaolo is going to be with us. He is a comedian. He is an outspoken conservative comedian. He may be the Lenny Bruce of our day because he breaks all all rules in his act all rules in his act uh and he is well his new his new special is called a breath of fresh air uh but he walks the line (laughs) he walks the line nick DiPaolo, uh a very funny comedian next you're listening to glenn beck I'm Hillary. That's your four-minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu with the last hour of our show. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We have over 1,000 agents uh, and another 5,000 that are waiting to be joining our network. Uh, this is a free uh, service if you're looking to buy or sell a home. This is, this is my company. Um, I, I've had problems. I'm in radio, so I'm always selling a house and moving to another city, uh, and I always lose money on it. And I always seem to get the guy who's like, is this your first sale of a house? I don't know how to pick real estate agents. I don't know what the qualifications are that they should have. I just know it never works out for me. Don't let that happen to you. That's why we created realestateagentsitrust.com. We vet every single real estate agent. So the one in your area is going to be the best one for you. And you're going to get a call back within five minutes. I mean, unless you email the site, you know, and two o'clock in the morning. But uh, we usually respond within five minutes. And we have somebody that is in your area that knows the market and knows how to price your house, also knows how to help buy a house and get the best price. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Nick DiPaolo, comedian, uh, provocateur, uh is coming up next you don't want to miss it stand by the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment so you know how uh 
you know how the tightrope walkers that are really, really good, they have a they don't have a net. And you're like, well, that guy doesn't have a net. This guy is a tightrope walk, walker that has a candle at the other end of the rope that's burning. It's about an inch under the rope and a guy with a giant, you know, like those supermarket opening scissors at the other end. Uh, and he's walking it anyway. We're going to take a journey with Nick DiPaolo in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Car Shield. I, I've got a couple of old trucks uh, on the farm that, I, you know, I drive them until the doors fall off uh, because it's a farm truck. I mean, that's what they're for. But you can't open up the hood like my grandfather used to and just like, I got to get one of these and whatever it is. I mean, not like I'm going to do that anyway. I could. True story. I'm up at the uh, up at the ranch and I um, the, the the truck breaks down and uh, I couldn't find the the hood. La- I couldn't even open the hood. And I was looking for it for a while. I felt like an idiot. You know, cars kept going, driving by. And I'm like, no, I'm not looking for the hood. I know exactly where it is. And then I realized what am I going to do if I can even open the hood? I, I don't even know what I'm looking at. So I am in a different category. Uh, but if you have a car or a truck, you're not going to be able to fix it now because of all the computer chips and they can be, you know, 500 to $5,000. You need an extended warranty. What you need is extended coverage. Your warranty expires well, only the manufacturer can give you a warranty, but they can give you extended coverage to make sure that, you know, the things that are covered, like the chips and everything else, if those go wrong, you're not out a buttload of money. All you have to do is, I mean, we have house insurance, you know, we have car insurance in case something big goes wrong. Why don't we have, why don't we have car insurance for fixing it when it goes wrong? You do now with um, uh, Car Shield, 800 Car 6000. 800 Car 6000. Mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com and you're going to save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code BECK. Now, I will tell you, normally I would not have, I would not have somebody who is this much of a tightrope walker on my show in this particular atmosphere, because this could be the last hour of my career. <laughs> um, however, I know him. He's funny. I've respected him for a very long time. He's a fan of the show. And so I don't think he has an agenda to end my career. <laughs> and even though I think you're suicidal, you're suicidal. Uh, Nick DiPaolo is with us. He's a comedian. He... Uh, has a new comedy special out called A Breath of Fresh Air. And it will, I mean, it is a breath of fresh air because you're saying things that nobody in their right mind says anymore. Um, uh, Although you will be gasping for air a few times, A, because it's laugh out, belly laugh uh, comedy, um, but also because there are times you're like, Nick, what are you doing? You can't even say, what are you saying? <laughs> well, that's what you do when Hollywood turned you back on you 20 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What do I got to lose at this point? Yeah. But this is how I always did it. After my second open mic, Glenn, somebody came up to me, and this is 1988, and said, you're politically incorrect. You're, you're the, you're the few, that's where it's going. And I remember saying to the guy, I think it's going to get a lot worse, but I had no idea. Mm. We're going to get to this point where, you know, a guy can say he's a girl and a girl. I mean, 
This Who is saw that coming? <laughs> Nobody. Huh? Nobody saw that. So, uh, and, and I like how you said about the rope burning. Colin yeah. Quinn said, I'm the only guy that burns bridges while I'm standing on them. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Which sums right. it up perfectly. That's exactly you right. Know? You are, you're somebody, you, you won an Emmy for uh, yeah, writing. nominated the... twice, work of a Chris Rock. Yeah. So I'm not a racist, folks. <laughs> uh, although, with Chris. although the comedy that you're doing right now, right. and you could say the same thing about Chris Rock when he was going after people, you could have said the same thing. That's the point. Um, but you, the 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 comedy that you're writing now and you're performing is dangerous because it is exactly what everybody says. If you're a misogynist, you're a racist, you're a sex, whatever it is, right? All the ists you embody all of them in this special that'll be the next special ist <laughs> that's all it is <laughs> that's Picture all it is. Of me and ist. <laughs> uh yeah we're in weird times uh i don't know how to do it i don't i don't watch and maybe this is bad i but i i don't watch other comics i don't watch specials yeah because i keep hearing nobody's doing what you're doing yeah so nobody go, is so i have to say what are they doing out there <laughs> Not i'm this. just speaking from the gut and then every once in a while, I'll catch a glimpse of, of a stand. You know, I'll go to the comedy cellar uh, where I developed this. That's the other thing. I developed this act, you know, on the campus of NYU. Mm. You know, the comedy cellar is on the campus of NYU. Right. So um, I and upset how you, a lot of people. And how do you, are you still performing there from I time don't. to time? I moved to, <laughs> this is when I knew I was, I, I moved to Georgia a couple months ago. You moved to really? Georgia. I was living. Well, I was living West. I was living four miles from Hillary Clinton's house. <laughs> oh my god! And everybody up there—that is as blue as it gets. Westchester yeah. County, New York. And I'd be in a dentist uh, waiting room, and I'd hear people bad mouthing Trump and stuff. And and uh, then I started getting paranoid. You know, if if somebody at the grocery store was taking too long to help me, I go, they must have saw my special. They hate me. Uh, <laughs> or, or my dentist doesn't call me back. I go, this guy's a lib. I was getting nuts. <laughs> my wife's like, calm down, will you? And and I said, let's get out of here. Right. And and uh, it was actually affecting me. You know. Oh, or, I know. Or the cable guy w- wouldn't get back to us, or or whatever. <laughs> I, you know, every day I, know. I go, I, I swear to God, they hate my Paul. They know who I am up there a little mm-hmm. bit. I was in mm-hmm. New York for years. Right. So right. I picked up and, you know, moved to a, and that's a, why a nice purple state, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you you're in Texas right Texas? now. Yeah, I know. That's why you're in Texas right now. Because, uh, I mean, part of it was Glenn walking down the street and people throwing things at him every five minutes. And yeah. then you come to Texas and at least, at least they're not. Throwing things well, at you. Well, they're throwing things at me because, you yeah, know, for real reasons. You're really right. famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't deal with what you... you know, I mean, I'm still under the radar. Oh, I'm it's, finally... Uh, I, I wear it as a badge of courage that Facebook has taken down my ads now. You should. And and I wear it as a, a badge of courage that they finally... I would be get insulted. I'd be saying, hey, why is uh, Stephen Crowder getting in trouble? <laughs> you know, I did think that watching your comedy special. I did think... Steven Crowder? How's he That's getting... nothing compared to this. <laughs> yeah, or whoever, uh, Owen Benjamin, uh, McGinnis. I'm like, well, what, I, I've been spewing this stuff for 30 years. Am I, am I that bad a marketer? I can't even. I took it as an insult. They're like, this guy's not even worth the time. He's so, he's so stuck in 1968 or whatever. And uh, But people, and you know what, Glenn? Here's the thing. When I do racial, racial it's racial. It's not racist. It's racial stuff. I, I, and this is the truth. I've been doing this 30 years. I've had maybe four black people get upset with me as opposed to the 750,000 young white kids. Yes. Who, you know what I mean? Yes. Black yes. people come up and go, we love your honesty. Me and Patrice O'Neill, 
when on oh. that show Tough Crowd, mm-hmm. we sort of opened, we got away with murder on that mm-hmm. show. And mm-hmm. people would come up to me, black people in the streets, and go, I love what you and Patrice do. And because it's just honesty, you know? Yeah. And um, you, you gotta, you, but you gotta and be funny. And it's comedy. And it's, I was gonna say, you gotta be entertaining. Yeah. You don't wanna get preachy. Yeah. I don't wanna turn into Janine Graffalo and just yeah. fall off the, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. I like. Actually, people don't believe I love. I, I, I'm a friend of Janine's, but uh, you gotta still, be entertaining. Do you still have friends? Because comedy, the comedians have become worthless. They're really worthless, spineless. And worthless, <laughs> they really are. It's you it's, gotta tell me Gallagher is worthless. <laughs> this guy, he's doing edgy stuff. He was breaking watermelons. <laughs> they're all like that now. If they're not preachers, yeah, you know they're everything going for is laughs, right. I mean, they're going for applause. They're going for those lines that we, they can, you know. Yeah, yeah. I call it clapter. Yeah. They're just going Perfect. for clapter, clapter. You know, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's like watching a debate. Every time they just spill out these platitudes. Everybody should have new shoes. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. I just uh, I just do what I do, and um, yeah. But like we're bringing up Louis, like you know, he can't even go back to the comedy cellar on nights that he pops in. There's women, female comics, who say, "I don't want to work there if he's there Ugh. Wednesday night." So they don't know what they're doing for a living. Number one, those are, that's the definition of a hack. Mm-hmm. You're a comic. I love that what I do for a living is at ground zero of this First Amendment thing mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. It's not musicians. It's comics. Oh, yeah, it is. You know? Yeah. And I love that. I really think that you are the closest thing that we have to a Lenny Bruce today because we are now the underground. We're the counterculture. Yes, we are. Um, and and Lenny Bruce was intentionally pushing every button he could right. to show people, wake up! What the hell is happening? Right. Wake up! Right. And I watch your special, and if you are intelligent, you know that's exactly what you're doing. Because I, I see you, and you say stuff that's really, really funny and really over the line, and you know it's You wrote it for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, 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 I write on stage. So I don't sit down with a notebook anymore. What you do when you first start out. Then you go, this is work. I'm thinking of something <laughs> off my head. And I'll, I'll record it and listen to it. You know what I mean? And that's how, you, seriously, that's the best way to write, in my opinion. So it comes from my gut on stage, as opposed to when you sit down and you're actually intentionally trying to be provocative. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it comes from the gut. Right. But yeah, this is some but you stuff are, that but, I watched. I was like, eh. But yeah, <laughs> right. You are turning it up. For com- for comedic sense, but and to get some the- attention, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, as a fifty-seven-year-old white guy in the comedy world, you got to scream louder than everybody. I'm so sick of hearing. I laugh when I hear female comedians, gay comedians, black comedians talking about how politically correct and how comedy's ruined. No, it, political correctness was created to shut up guys like me. Mm-hmm. There's no black comic who got in trouble for making fun of white people. Or mm-hmm. gay comic making fun of straight people. They don't get in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. It was created. It came about to shut guys like me up. And I'm not going to shut up. I, I need the money. I got a dog with cataracts. <laughs> My wife has a coke problem. <laughs> I mean, I got to work. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, you, uh, I, I warn you, this, is, it, it is, this isn't anything that you have. Uh, if you remember people like Richard Pryor. You've seen this. You just haven't seen this in 20 years. Somebody who has just the balls to say what everybody says. Don't say that. Whatever you do, don't say that. He says it. 
He says it. You talk about me at Trump. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love. He was the best thing to happen in my career. He's my favorite president of all time, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> all right. Coming up in uh, just a second, more. And I want to talk to you uh, um, about some of your friends in the comedy business and, and what's happening there. First, our sponsor this half hour. We know Google and YouTube and Facebook are not just silencing conservatives. They are manipulating the algorithms to interfere uh, with the election now. Companies also like Verizon and AT&T are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill and they are funding progressive candidates and causes, including promoting illegal immigration and abortion and gun control. Did you even know that? They have people on the board of directors at uh, at AT and T that are are uh, directors of La Raza. They are not fighting for the same thing. So every time you pay your cell phone bill, what happens? You're funding these things. Now the only way you can you know I I, I I'm so torn on boycotts because I think boycotts are I hate boycotts. But one of the reasons why I hate boycotts is because it never worked because we like, I'm not going to watch the movies anymore. Oh, good. Go watch that Christian church film that really sucks. And we all know it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Now it's starting to get better in the movie industry. Here's Patriot Mobile that actually has the same cell coverage, the same cell towers, uh, a lower price. It's crystal clear nationwide service. And not only going to save money, you're going to actually have that money when they take some of their profits they're actually funding the right to bear arms and freedom of speech they're on your side so please join this veteran-led uh, group called patriot mobile patriotmobile.com select a plan get a free month of service when you use the offer code beck since 2015 they've raised over 20 million or sorry two million dollars to support the constitution and the values that you and i both believe in switch today they make it super easy a month free of service patriotmobile.com patriotmobile.com promo code beck 10 seconds station id So, Nick DiPaolo is uh, with us. You are you have done uh, three comedy specials on Comedy Central, a Showtime special. Um, your newest and uh, and most controversial, perhaps, uh, is a breath of fresh air. Um, how do you have you been demonetized yet by YouTube? No, I'm taking that as an insult, too. <laughs> Take my money, please. Right. No, it's, a, it's amazing. Uh, Facebook is pulling down my ads. And they, they'll leave it up for like a day or whatever. Um, but no, not to the point like they went after Crowder or, or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that's... I was talking about that. I have a show, too, a streaming live show, Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern mm-hmm. to noontime. And... Uh, I was talking about that last week. Everybody's talking about the 2020 election, worried about outside interference with Russia and China, which is not the problem. It's no, Google. It's Google and Facebook. Yeah. It is. I mean, they work with China to censor yeah. people. Right. So, right. And, and look what they tried to do to Trump, whether you believe it or not. You know, I believe in that deep state uh, silent coup. Uh, mm-hmm. Look what they tried. What, so what are they going to do this time? Yeah. If they were capable of doing that, you don't well, think... I don't know. We if have evidence, don't we? What was the What was the doctor's name uh, in uh, at Harvard? Epstein. Epstein. Mm-hmm. Um, you should talk to this guy. I did. He's my ear doctor. 
he is he's done a study now he's a clinton supporter he was a clinton supporter he did a study in the 2016 uh, election on google and facebook and wanted to see if they were you know rigging the election and he said they were they were he's i just talked to him the other day he said it is far worse he said we have got to get a handle on google and facebook because they will flip this election they have they've Absolutely. already said it They're james o'keefe yeah went on the yeah. project veritas you get yes. that woman she's involved in the algorithm right and she's out there just saying they're yeah. saying it we're not going to let this. It. We're not going to let a Trump mistake happen again. And then you put on CNN or whatever MSNBC, and they're talking about China, uh, uh, Russia. We got to be, you know, right. we spent a couple hundred grand on Facebook ads. Ooh, right. It's cool, but <laughs> they control all the information. Yeah. I mean, that's the big worry. Yeah. What is going on? I know. And how do we? How do we? Violence. <laughs> violence i'm almost half kidding that's where we are glenn here's my analogy it's like i don't know if you're a hockey fan bobby you are had like 23 knee operations mm-hmm. this is where we are now this is my analogy mm. he has no more cartilage it's bone on bone mm. there's no more middle right uh, we're, we're either gonna balkanize or, or go to war and all i know is i'm on the side with all the guns yeah right <laughs> but uh don't right. you don't you think we're getting close yeah i do I do. It, it, uh, unfortunately, I don't. I, I mean, I I wonder if it is um, to the point to where it's almost inevitable, because I think people, you know, CNN is doing this this uh, special this weekend on on the rapid rise of the Klan and white supremacists. And I'm like. What are you talking about? There's 11 of them left. Oh, right? I know. They work at a Sunoco station in Arizona. <laughs> you can round them up in a minute. <laughs> and I have to assume they're all still Democrats if they're in the right. Klan. If they're in the Klan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy what they're doing. And they're looking for what is causing this. Of course, Donald Trump is causing this. Or is it possible that a group of people that get on television and radio and, and in the universities who are talking about Toxic white people might be uh, furthering regular normal people to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's exactly right. I mean, they are pushing people into radical positions because when you're backed into a corner and all of the power is saying you're toxic, you're bad, you're there's nothing good to you and we're going to punish you. You look for anybody that is going to stand with you. Now, I wouldn't stand with the Klan, and I don't... I, I, oh, well, your, your lobby says otherwise. Today. Yeah. <laughs> What's, I walked in there, I go, whoa, I'm, I got to follow these guys? This is going to make my special look sad. <laughs> He's referring to the museum that we have in, right. the, uh, in the atrium where there is a... A clan rally around a tree. It's it's you have to have it in context yeah. here. Yes, uh, no, but anyway. But this I could see a but potential I, tweet on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go back to Look, Nick, something you said earlier. Because yeah. I mean, it does feel like that, right? It feels like everybody's at each other's throats all the time. But as you said, you've been doing this stuff. It's it, offensive, and you've had what you said four black people in the entire time that you've ever been out there that have had a problem with you. Generally speaking, when you go out and you're like, I don't think it's real. I think uh, I you talk. No, you. you're right. You know, you, you talk to regular people, and well, they're not like that. I just moved to Savannah, okay, <laughs> and it's so much. And and I'll probably I, I tell people it's like 1958, but not racially. It's uh, 
I, I noticed like older black people and white people, like in the 60s, going to lunch together. It's mm-hmm. so much more integrated yeah. as mm-hmm. opposed to the Northeast mm-hmm. yeah. where you can feel the hate under mm-hmm. the fake smiles. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so nice down. I'm at a Kroger's uh, supermarket and uh, there's an older black gentleman in front of me. He pays for something for the lady in front of him, an older black woman. She didn't have some. And then the, the cashier goes to me, you have your Kroger's card. I go, no. And he goes, he can use mine. Mm. And it was just a weird it's moment. It's jarring, you know? isn't it? It's anything we you were like south, that, I feel like we were like thing. that when we moved to Texas. You're like, what? You being? What's your angle? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? <laughs> yeah, is but this a I, trap? But but God doesn't want me to be happy because on the way home, there's uh, some young black kids crossing the street. This kid runs out and kicks my car for no reason. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> he thought I was supposed to stop him. Or something. <laughs> He's like 16 special. years old. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, if I was up in New York, I would have thought that. Me and my wife just moved down there, and, and the doorbell rings like three days after the moving truck left and it's like two 10 year 10 year old girls eight eight o'clock at night with cookies and brownies for me and my wife oh my gosh that's great. and i'm going oh my god now that might have happened in westchester but there would have been rat poison in the brownies <laughs> yeah, exactly because right. the mother was a big hillary fan and she saw my latest uh, work or whatever uh, oh. the name of the special is uh, a breath of fresh air you can find it on youtube nick DePaulo. more with him in just a minute Norton Security, you need a VPN. Uh, you need a virtual private network. And this is something you know it. If you've ever seen, uh, you know, any Mission Impossibles, they're like, where is where is he calling from? Where is it, Where is this uh, information coming from? And they check it online. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, he's in Bangkok. No, he's in Brussels. No, he's in Berlin. Uh, and then they get offline right at time. Um, that is a VPN. You're using other servers around so nobody can really track you and the ones that you really are afraid of tracking you i mean hackers and everything else will get all your private information uh, but the ones that i worry about honestly are google and facebook i don't want them collecting information on me i don't want them to have that information that's my life not theirs uh, you need a virtual private network that will encrypt all of your connections even on public wi-fi so it's a truly private network. Protection starts at three thirty-three a month. Get Norton Secure VPN. Just go to Norton.com/VPN. That's Norton.com/VPN. Nick DiPaolo is somebody who has performed on The Tonight Show, uh, Late Night with David Letterman, Jimmy Kimmel, Conan O'Brien. He was nominated twice for an Emmy for the Chris Rock Show. He has. Um, had three hour, uh, uh, three half hour specials on the comedy on Comedy Central Showtime special. He has a new one out now called Breath of Fresh Air. It is funny. It is offensive, but it is funny. Um, he also has done radio. He writes. He's had a- acting roles. Um, FX's Louie, Inside Amy Schumer, The Sopranos, uh, Cop Show. Uh, you you actually went to school with uh, Louie. I didn't go to school with them, but uh, I roomed with them. You roomed with him. He's from Boston, too. And uh, he he started comedy before I I was 25. When I met him, he was uh, 19, I think. He already been doing it a year. Even then, I could see when he was bombing, it was for the right reasons. It wasn't because it wasn't funny. It was going over people's heads. Mm-hmm. You don't see that in young comics. Usually, it's because you stink. Yeah. But I could tell this kid was, you know, yeah. at a different angle on life. Yeah. And then uh, we had the same manager, Barry Katz. Uh, and he moved us down to New York 
into this little apartment, uh, and me and Louie lived together. And uh, he's, he's I, I don't talk to him all the time, but we were really close. And he did not handle money. He never knew how to, when, like, we, we, we headlined, we co-headlined the punchline in San Francisco back in the mid-90s. And we both had, literally, we were worth about $80 between us. And he, this is how long ago he goes, I'm going to go get a VCR so we can watch movies all week at the hotel. <laughs> he, so he, he's gone for a couple, comes back with an $800 trumpet. And we, we had, you know, we were worth $1,000 between us. <laughs> <laughs> Did he play the trumpet? No, no. He was no. going to teach himself in a weekend. And, uh, and then he gets in all this hot water. But I, he's a smart guy. He's a, he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a lib, you know. But he's one of the old school libs that looks at both sides. If you watch the stuff on on Louie when I appeared on it, the first mm-hmm, episode, mm-hmm. we get in a fight. I'm um, arguing against Obama, mm-hmm. yeah. and of course, you know, Louie wrote the script, so he wins the fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like right. like, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. fat, freckle faced redhead is ever going to beat me up. <laughs> but, uh, but but he always let me say my piece. You know, he yeah. wrote. <clears throat> excuse me. He he wrote it and he'd let me approve. You know, I think there's this, this. It's really interesting because the people you can tell who actually meant what they were talking about. Liberals, uh, you know, some of them were for you know more welfare or whatever than I am for. Uh, uh, but we could unite on things like freedom of speech and and you know just basic constitutional principles, right? You watch Louie now in one of his comedy specials and you're seeing him and you're like, he sounds like uh, he sounds like a conservative. He hasn't necessarily changed. It's just that all of that constitutional protection stuff. Yeah, that's out on the left. Right. You're if you're a, if you're a Democrat, whether you know it or not, right. your leadership is not for any of that right. stuff anymore. Well, Manny Duom and the guy that founded the comedy cellar, he's passed away. Um but he said that it was a great quote. He's a real smart guy from Israel. Just a, He was my closest friend in the business. He'd give me a ride home to my apartment in Queens. Mm. 70-year-old Jewish guy. And he was, he was, I, I just loved him. But he said, he goes, uh, 30 years ago, they, they said I was a liberal. He goes, now, and this is right before he, you know, they say I'm a conservative. And he goes, my politics haven't changed. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the stuff around us that's changing. Hey, so what do you, you know? Could we have one, one other comedian we mentioned here? Uh, I want to ask you about Amy Schumer. I make the case to people, and no one will listen to me, that at least early Amy Schumer is brilliant. I think she was a, a great comedian. She's very incredibly liberal now. It, do, do you know her? I mean, you're on her show. So anyways, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's funny. She's very... I notice... I don't notice it from the act. I notice it when you hang out sure. with people sitting around the comedy cellar table, and, you know, there'll be a lot of female... Comics, I would go, <laughs> you know, play. Yeah, it's hilarious. God, is she unfunny? But Amy could hang in there with the boys. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Same with Judy Gull. Mm. Judy Gull is, you know, a six foot three uh, Jewish lesbian from New York. One of my, she actually texted me a couple weeks ago, going, "I'm on your side now." Wow. About, uh, about she goes as far as freedom of speech. Yeah, being yeah, a yeah. comic. Yeah. You know? And I said, "Good, good to see you coming around, Gronkowski." Uh, <laughs> and uh, but a- Amy, Amy's you know, I, I still consider her a friend, but when my special came out, I went to the, my friends that have the biggest followings. I want to mm-hmm. put it out on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was sort of a litmus test. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I sent it to Amy. Not, not a, I sort of knew how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And she responded, I, you know, Nick, you know I love you, but no way. <laughs> <laughs> so I responded. I said, okay, I understand. I sort of saw that comment, but don't ever say you love me again. 
That's what I said to her. <laughs> I don't know how she took that. And then Not I, necessarily because she let you down on that, just you don't want her loving you. Uh, no, because she let me down. <laughs> then, then I saw her at Colin Quinn's wedding. She hit me in the chest with a full Heineken. So I think that one. No, so, uh, yeah, no. So I don't let politics get in the way of my friendships, you know. That's how it's supposed to be, I think. Yeah, right? I, I try to keep that as a hard rule, you know, because I wouldn't talk to anybody. I have no friend at this point. Especially you, in that show you, business. Do yeah. you see comedians ever waking up? I mean, well, they're, they, they've always been the catalyst of change. They've always been uh, the ones who are, are pushing and poking, uh, and they're absolutely terrified, or they agree with it, and they think we're the catalyst for change, but what they're changing into is things that will destroy them. Yeah, I, I can't get a read on them, uh, some of them. It's like, okay, you're doing this because you're in show business and you want to climb that ladder, and you know show business is run by ultra-liberals? Is that mm-hmm. why you're not being? Or do you really believe this nonsense that Bob can be Pam tomorrow? <laughs> uh, I, I, it's hard to get a read on, but like you said, Louis, you, you watch Louis now, and it looks like he's finally catching on. You know, yeah. I feel like I want to say to a lot of them, "Huh? Yeah, huh? You guys Hello. are calling me an idiot and a, a bigot right. and everything, and, right. and you're coming around now, aren't you?" Right. Because right. even libs are going after libs now, which mm-hmm. is the favorite yeah. part of this whole oh, thing. And they're, they're eating, eating, they're eating each other they're alive. Eating each other alive. And so you know, it's like okay, now it's yeah. hitting home to you. Yeah. All yeah. those those young millennial guys who are feminists, you know, yeah. now they're getting called out. Oh, he he raped me or whatever. Oh, mm-hmm. it's coming home. The <laughs> right. chickens are coming home to roost. Right. Right. So right. it's hard to get a read on some of these people. So you know? I noticed that you're you're carrying a, a <laughs> thinking the same thing. You're no. carrying an an east. Yeah. If you watch this special, you will never see an e-cigarette the same way again. Yeah. You, that, will never, will. you will never. See, well, you will because I'm, I'm telegraphing it now. But you'll never see the end of that routine coming a million miles oh away. Gosh. And it's hysterical. It's hysterical. But now I can't look at you with an e-cigarette <laughs> and not one. think. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. I got to spray paint this oh before the show. Oh, my gosh. But, the, yeah, the smoke. I just started. I, I do that thing. It's true. I, I started smoking about a year. I'm 57. I started a year ago. I mean, I was what, always. What, what, what brought you oh, to? I can't even go into that. <laughs> but, uh, okay. All right. But uh, um, I was always. I, I'd have a couple. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I had a drink. Yeah. And uh, But I was never a smoker smoker. And right. Then, you know, life gets hard, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm like, oh, this is. This is tremendous. <laughs> and my friends go, why would you start at that age? And I go, why would you start in your 20s? So you could have cancer in your 40s? I'm timing it out. <laughs> if a doctor tells me I have cancer in 30s, I'm going to kiss him on the lips. <laughs> you see many happy 86-year-old guys out there? They all have that look in their face. Like, I wish I smoked when I was a kid. <laughs> Laying a puddle of my own urine on the kitchen floor. Nobody's talking to me. Give me a cigarette. Uh, yeah, so... And the other, and the, I think you know what it's actually a knee jerk reaction to the, the we get it we get the tobacco you know they're going after the tobacco company oh we get it it's bad for you it's become a cottage industry you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're saying now that sitting is the new smoking another sitting sitting you haven't heard that uh, it's no. been around for a couple of years in other words sitting is as bad as smoking and I said well if that was true Stephen Hawking would have died forty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> This guy must have been a 12 carton a day guy, you know? I found a new black hole. It's in my lung. Uh, uh, so, yeah. And people say, why don't you use an e cigarette? I say, because I'd look 
more manly with a you know what in my mouth but uh, <laughs> so uh but are i'm an idiot capable, i'm doing both now glenn are you capable <laughs> of doing a a pg version of your act i yes, mean I, I, yeah i just choose not to you choose I, not to the, the more politically correct we get the more people are stifling free speech yeah that's why i'm so coarse on stage honest to god because you are so funny you've done much you know much of the same kind of stuff that you do on the show but you haven't become foul and you know i can it is it. so funny and it is it's even the foul is funny because it it, it but it, I mean, it's 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 a rough show. I, it's I a guess rough show. I, again, when, when I get that feedback, I go, "What is everybody else doing out there?" You know? Not that. I, I guess not. But uh, I, I always, I cur- one thing I agree with Bill Maher on because they asked him why he mm-hmm. curses in his stand-up. He goes, "Because I curse off stage." Mm-hmm. And and there's no I don't want to be any facade, you know. Mm-hmm. I always talk like a truck driver. I mm-hmm. hung out with my sister Darlene's four years old. Me. I hung out with her friend when I was fifth grade. I was hanging out with high school kids, mm-hmm. and and I talk like I I got in trouble in third fourth grade. My parent the, the teacher would call my parents mm-hmm. going this kid's dropping the F. <laughs> 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 and I and I just uh, you know that's um, but it's also a reminder. This is how people talk when they're sitting at a bar watching the news. That's what my show is, by the way, mm-hmm. my, my uh, streaming live show at nickdip.com, by the way. Uh, I, I, people ask, well, should people get your news from it? You know, they always ask John, mm-hmm. John Stewart, the Daily mm-hmm. Show, they used to get their news from him. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I wouldn't do that with my show because I'll give you an idea of my standards. If, if there's three names I can't pronounce in the article, I'm not doing the story. <laughs> <laughs> Russia could hit us tomorrow. <laughs> but I couldn't pronounce a Russian name. I'm going to talk about something on ESPN. <laughs> show my houses in uh, tatters. <laughs> and, uh, oh, but uh, I can temper it. You have to know how to temper it like yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. doing here. Yeah. But no. When you get on stage at night and, you know, you have a drink in you, it's the best. You ever have people walk out on you? Oh, all the time. All the time. Not a lot. It's who always, you, I mean, it's always one table and it's about five minutes into the show. Right. And I, and I've been saying this for five years. I take credit because I hear other comics doing it now. Yeah. But I said it one night, like five years ago, there's couples. And I go, did you do your research before That's you came right. to the club? <laughs> right. Did you go on the website? Right. To see who you're coming to see? You don't do right. that music. <laughs> right. You don't wander to a concert and go, I thought it was Zeppelin. It's <laughs> Men Without Hats. Uh, I want my money back. <laughs> so I just went to a concert. It's bluegrass. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Right. So that's what I, I said that to a couple one night. Now I say it all. It, it's never, a, I've never, I saw Bill Hicks, this footage of Bill Hicks walking like 150 people, Comedy Connection in Boston mm. one night. When mm. they weren't digging him, he'd go into this dark poetry <laughs> that was so, it was beautiful. It was different than you and I politically, mm-hmm. but he's talking about media, but it got so graphic, it, but it was poetry. You yeah. couldn't argue with the brilliance of the, and people be getting up in droves and, and giving them the finger and stuff. Yes. <laughs> it's actually, when you do it this long, Glenn, it, it actually feels good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you are taking a stand. You are taking a stand. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate it. I don't know how you've survived this long. Uh, and I hope you survive for a very, very long time to come. You're well, very funny. I appreciate it, Glenn. Some of the, yeah. the, some of the libs who hate my politics still say I'm funny. John Stewart, on his last show on The Daily Show, he mentioned me and Colin Quinn on the last... Mm. He said, "I want to get back to the stand up with guys like Quinn and DePaulo, and I, 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 you know, I wear that as a badge of honor too. Yeah, because you, you don't. Has that, Trump has Trump seen your show? 
It's so funny you say that. Some guy tweets me a direct message and goes, hey, you want to see a picture of Donald Jr. watching your special and laughing? Uh, and I go, yes, I do. Yes, and he I waits do. a couple of days because he was on the road. He gets mm-hmm. home. It was on his home computer. He sends me it. And it's a picture of Donald Jr. I'm on the TV in the background. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, this is it. This is what we need. And uh, my manager goes, hold on. Let me don't don't put it out there yet. Yeah. Sure enough, we do a little research. Come back. He just sort of photoshopped or whatever my, <laughs> oh jeez yes oh that's not kind that's just, not kind no no I, it just uh you know and and he like <laughs> does donald trump i think would love your act and for the same reason that uh you like him and he would like you and i think america likes him where sometimes you know donald trump is sitting on the crapper at three o'clock in the morning going <laughs> this is going to drive them nuts he's doing it intentionally I don't do it, in, but but this is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I mean, I know. but 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 no, he would love it. Yeah, he would, he it is a, him too. But he does also know this is going to drive him nuts. You, you, but you that know, is him. You know how I know he was my guy. Remember, he was going after the uh, physically challenged New York Times reporter. Yes, I was laying on the couch with half an eye open, half asleep, watching, and I see him go, uh, and I go, "Where do I pull the lever?" <laughs> this guy, this. <laughs> This guy, not because I dislike. No, no, I, I, I go. This guy's running for president. He just did that. Where do I pull the? And and he is the. If his presidency ended tomorrow, he's he's my favorite president, only because he exposed the media. Yeah. Even before I was into politics, I'd be yelling at the yeah, TV, yeah, going, yeah. "This is all wrong." The yeah. cherry picking racial stories. Correct. He exposed them. Yeah. They are the cancer. Yeah. And if he ended it tomorrow, he's done more, at least in, in that regard. I hope you come back. Nick, uh, Nick DiPaolo, um, you can find him. Uh, his latest comedy special is A Breath of Fresh Air. You can find it while it lasts on YouTube. Uh, his website is nickdip.com. That's nickdip.com. Breath of Fresh Air. And I'm at uh, Beltonian Theater tonight in Belton, Texas. Don't even know where Belton well, it's is. It's but... two hours and ten minutes from here. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Good to have you. Thank, Thank you, so Glenn. Much. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Man, that was fun. Uh, let me tell you about, uh, let me talk to you a little bit about LifeLock. LifeLock is the best in the business to protect your identity. They've been in the business forever. They have uh, an alert system that if they detect something's wrong, they'll alert you. Uh, if you say, no, that's me, I'm, I'm buying crack on the black, you know, the dark web, then they'll say, okay, if it's not you, then what they do is they have a team of specialists that work to fix it. I want you to go to lifelock.com, lifelock.com. Go there now, use the promo code BECK, you'll save 10%, lifelock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. And I can't believe that that thing is still on YouTube. You watch it fast. You, you can't even get your paintings to stay on eBay. No, I can't. He didn't even notice that he was sitting behind, you know, right behind him was a big picture of Hitler. <laughs> uh, we are auctioning off. The auction goes uh, is closed, I think, this, this weekend. weekend yeah. uh, you can go to glenbeck.com and see it. All proceeds go to pro-life organizations. Uh, it is very controversial. It's Hitler. Hey, maybe next time I'll just call it Planned Parenthood. Uh, it is pro-life, controversial, and uh, something we would love for you to bid on. Find it at glenbeck.com. I'll see you this weekend at our museum here in Texas. Glenn.